welcome to another episode of Work the Works. My name is Milton Francois and I'm your host. Today on the show we have a very special guest. Her name is Latricia Peake. She's a gifted, anointed songwriter and singer. Today she'll be telling us a little bit about herself and her album. And so without any further ado, let's get started. Okay, hi, I'm Latricia, and welcome to Work the Works. It's so nice just to have you on this podcast, just to speak to you a little bit about your um, your project, your album, as you might call it. And um, as usual, I'm always excited to talk to um, musicians or singers, especially when they're using their talents for the Lord. And um, But just before we start, um, maybe you can just um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, First of all, thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored um, to be a part. There's so many great artists and musicians out there. So to be chosen um, makes me feel very special. So I am a um, singer, songwriter based out of Shelby, North Carolina, which is about 45 minutes outside of Charlotte. Um, Born and raised here in the South, still here. And just decided um, probably about three or four years ago, I really just felt this impression to take the songs that I had written and really develop them. Um, Beforehand, I would just record things and have it trapped in my phone and never do anything with it. And I had a friend of mine really encourage me that I should try to make it come to pass as far as like bringing the songs to completion, putting music with them because I'm not a a skilled musician. And so um, I decided to do that and I reached out to another friend of mine who was also a singer-songwriter. And lo and behold, she kind of had the same idea for some of her own music. And so we decided that um, just through prayer, that it would be a good idea for us just to team up and basically do both of our projects on one project for the sole purpose of saving money um, because it was easier to have everything split down the middle. So on our project, um, it has seven songs. Three of those songs are written by herself. Three were written um, written by myself, and then we wrote a song together. Oh, this is beautiful. Um, so tell me, just when did you? Um, I know you said you started maybe four years ago to get real serious about it, but um, um, just just when did you know that you had this talent or this gift of um, songwriting? Was, was <laughs> Oh, um, this is probably going to sound so outlandish, but I really literally have been singing probably since I could verbally speak. My earliest memories of singing and singing in church, I couldn't have been more than five years old. Um, And so from a very young age, um, I've always sang and I've always loved to sing and I come from a very musical family. So um Pretty much everyone in my family sings or plays an instrument of some sort, more singers than musicians. So singing is like breathing. It's something that has been ingrained in me um, from a very, very early stage. And as I just got older, I just tried to do my best to kind of perfect it and become better because I think that you can have a natural talent and a gifting for something, but I think wisdom causes you to perfect that by seeking out um, 
coaches and seeking out individuals who are more skilled than you to help perfect what you have. Who are some of the um, the artists out there that really inspire you? I mean, as you as you're saying, do you have any special or favorite artists that you really admire? Yeah, um, artist-wise, I am a huge um, and have been for many, many years. I'm a big CC Winans fan. Um, I've loved her music ever since I was younger, a little girl. Um, I was a huge Ty Tribbett fan and still still am when he kind of came on the scene. Um, just the energy that he had, it was so uncommon, that choir sound being raised in the church and singing in multiple choirs and community choirs. So I love that sound. Um, CC Winans just has such a pureness with her voice. And I feel like it's not just with her voice, but it's just something that irradiates out of her, the way energy irradiates out of um, Ty Tribbett. I grew up off of Shirley Caesar because that's the kind of stuff that was being played in the house. But then I, my mom loved Luther and Anita and, and, and jazz and Kenny G. So, um, from an inspiration standpoint, CC, Ty, Lauren Hill, but all of the greats because they all bring something. Aretha, Patty, um, Stephanie Gretzinger, who is a young Caucasian lady, Celine Dion, like Errol Smith. I'm not really, uh, my music taste is very eclectic. All those individuals that I name bring something to the table that you can pull and draw from. For me, anyway. I've listened to your um, to your album, and it seems like it has a. Um, or listen to your, your your style of singing. It seems like it has a jazzy kind of tone. Am I right, though? Am I it, does. it does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely does have a jazzy tone, which is ironic that I didn't mention anybody really jazzy. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I think that's kind of like my go-to, uh, just that Southern sound. Um, my voice naturally kind of has a raspiness to it. But um, yeah, definitely. Jill Scott, I don't know how I forgot her, loved, loved her voice and just the things that she does and how she tells a story. Um, Ella Fitzgerald, go ahead and throw some jazz names out there Sarah Vaughn these are just you know classic you know jazz singers I like a whole lot of music myself different styles of music but um when it comes to gospel I'm very excited about it and you know there there are a lot of um singers out there who um they're talented and they can sing and um or what advice do you have um for young people who may be um trying to get into the gospel um feel i mean should they be serious about it should they take it just as a just another um project or uh what do you think about um the difference between gospel and other secular type of music well gospel by nature is is, is uplifting it's sharing the gospel of the good news of jesus christ mm -hmm. and so that automatically separates it from the secular right. and that's and that's okay because i think they both have their place um, if I were encouraging anyone who is aspiring artist or aspiring even to come into the gospel arena, 
um, that's that's a very uh, delicate place for me, even personally. And it's mm-hmm. still something that I'm actually reconciling because um, for me, I've had to come to grips with asking myself the question, why are you making this project? Why did you feel the need to record these albums and what next? So initially when I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, do more, bring this to completion for me. It was just a mandate. And and my goal was, I have these songs. They're in a very raw form. They're trapped in my phone and the voice recording. I would love to see them come to fruition by adding musical instruments and backgrounds and harmonies and things of that nature. But Throughout that process, you know, my desires and what I wanted changed and it became more of not just producing something excellent to present back to the Lord, but it also became um, for me an avenue to not just share with him, but share with the world. And so that was a very delicate place for me because I think sometimes within the gospel arena, there's this whole thing about whether you're an artist from the sense of a secular artist where you use this to make money or that thin line between sharing the gospel. And if if you're going to go into this as a career, I think you have to kind of switch up how you even do it, because even from doing it from a career standpoint, there's a business component that you cannot leave out. Mm. So if you're trying to go full time um, and I'm just going to throw her name out there because she's somebody that's in full time ministry, Tasha Cobb, Mm -hmm. this is her life work. Her music, her, her, what she's singing, what she's doing, she travels. This is how she feeds her family. This is how she protects and builds her legacy. This is how she prepares for what's next. As for me, that's not where I'm at with my music currently. Mm. I, I still work a nine to five. And so I think that individual who's saying that they want to go into this field needs to really sit down and have a very in-depth conversation and do some heart searching about what their intentions are. Because ultimately, if it's still not to uplift Jesus, then you need to have a seat. Because like you said, there's so many talented people. There's so many artists. All you have to do is plug into YouTube. Mm -hmm. But we're living in a state of a world that's in crisis and it's yearning for something. And it's yearning for the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what gospel does. It brings the good news. So I just think that it's a thin line. And, you know, when you're when you're dealing with the gospel arena as an artist and the gospel arena as I just want to share my music with the world. And so I think that individual really has to really seek the Lord to see if that's one, what they should be doing and in the capacity by which they should be doing it. Yeah, that's very well said. Okay, so let's get to your album now. Um, So the title of your album is... um. Is it two for the price of one? Is that right? Two for the price of one is the name of the album. Yes, sir. Mm. And just to give a little bit of background, um, my business partner, who was also featured on the album, or not featured, but is one of the other artists, her name's Holly Harris, awesome, awesome woman of God, very talented um, producer in her own right. The world just hasn't met her yet. Um, she and I came together and 
Um, like I said earlier, I was telling her, I initially reached out to her to see background for me. Mm-hmm. And she was willing to do that. We met on the college campus of UNC Charlotte, where we sing in the choir together and just continue to maintain friendship over the years. And so um, naturally, I reached out to her to be a background singer for the songs that I had written. And she was more than welcome and willing to do that. And um, she called me back like a week later and said, have you considered ever, you know, doing something jointly together? And honestly, I hadn't because I hadn't seen that model represented. Um, And I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but everyone that I know that's on an album together are a part of a group. So there's Mary Mary. They're they're a group. They're not Erica and Tina. Um, I mean, they are now just because they've kind of went their separate ways. But initially, um, they they present themselves as a group. Mm -hmm. And so Holly and I are two separate artists. Um, We're just sharing the album together. So two for the price of one was birthed out of just her receiving a word from the Holy Spirit and it's based out of Ecclesiastes. I think it's four where it talks about two are better than one because if one falls and the other can pick them up. And that's pretty much what we did throughout that process of bringing this album to fruition. We encourage one another. We split everything down the middle. Um, we had to deny our own personalities a little bit and deny our own wants of how, you know, that, creativity to become one in the sense of what's going to be best for what we're trying to produce. And, um, and it's kind of like a play on words to, for the price of one, the one being Jesus Christ, who obviously paid that price mm. for both of us. Great. Um, you say you had three songs on the, um, on the album. What, what are the names of the songs that you did? So the three songs that I've written, um, one was called, let's see, I'm going to try to go in order, but I think I'm going to be out of order. Absolutely. So the first song was called Talk, um, one of the songs is called Talk About It. And Talk About It is a song that I wrote dealing with race relations in the church. So the chorus of uh, the song um, basically says, if we say that love covers the multitude of sin, then why are Sunday services so segregated? And so I talk about um, the things that took place in Charlottesville, burning, you know, um, burning crosses, not burning crosses, but burning flags and kneeling to flags and just things that are taking place within our world culturally mm. as it pertains to race and then how or what should be the body of Christ's response to that. Um, Another song that I wrote is called Identity, and it's um, dealing with just me coming into my identity of who Christ made me, who I am, um, and how the scripture talks about we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so just accepting that, um, as a person who had identity issues and not really seeing myself through the lens of how he saw me. And then um, the third song is called If When. And If When is a song that talks about that that conundrum sometimes where we find ourselves with what God has said and what is presently taking place. So the if is going to happen and more so not if it's going to happen, but when it happens. So it's in that 
delayed is not denied. So it just encompasses a lot of things that the Lord has said, things that he said he would do. These things are going to come to pass. And it's just really encouragement to have faith that even when things don't look like what they appear, they are going to come to pass. And then Holly and I wrote a song together, and it's called The Plan. And it um, is primarily based from um, Scripture, Jeremiah 29 and 11, where it talks about, I know the plans that I have towards you, saith the Lord, you know, plans to prosper you and give you an expected end, I'm paraphrasing. And then we kind of married two scriptures. I think it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways and knowledge him and he'll direct your path. And so we kind of mesh those two together. And that song just kind of deals with the when God tells us to go, what do we do, how we should go and follow through, because he he has already foresaw and foreseen the future ahead of us. There's always been a plan um, while we were in our mother's womb. There's a plan. And when we adhere to that plan and purpose, then the reward is the peace that comes from obedience and following him. Um, the song, uh, You're an Awesome God. You're the one who sung that one, right? So Awesome God, there's a reprise to that. Holly wrote Awesome God, but okay. on the reprise, she and I both um, kind of did it together because it was a live um, recording. So she kind of started off with the, are you talking about the Our God is an Awesome God? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she started the reprise off um, and then I and I followed up and ended it. Yes, that okay. was me as well. Okay. No, we didn't write that. That's something that's previously obviously been recorded, but we just um, added it to the album. So when you did this recording, it was a live performance, right? Yes, this was a live recording that we did on, I think it was December the 1st, 2017. I mean, you wouldn't even tell that it's a live, um, the recording was really um, pretty. So interesting, very interesting thing, because we were rookies, and this was our first time doing anything of this nature. We didn't have a blueprint, so to speak, to follow. So we used a lot of Google and common sense and asking questions. Hindsight being 2020, there's so many things that we would have done differently. Mm-hmm. But um, even though everything was captured in the live environment, um, one of the things that we found out is that you do have to go back into the studios and quote unquote clean up um, okay. because sometimes when you're doing live um, events, people call in babies crying, right. <laughs> somebody was off key or somebody hit a wrong note. So we did have to, um, like most artists, go into the studio and kind of make some tweaks and um, clean it up so it would have more of a polished sound to present to the world, um, as well as trying to kind of maintain the integrity of that live experience. Mm. Like if someone wants to invite you to um, to their church or some event, I mean, are you available for that? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely. So where we are right now, um, or where I am, I think I can speak for her a little bit too. Um, so I am currently working my nine to five. I am a social worker by day 
and I um, assist with leading worship at my church. So I pretty much sing every Sunday, and I love it. And it's something that I'm going to do as long as I have breath in my body. Mm-hmm. We do go out. Um, we go out together or we go out separately, just however. Um, I love to sing. I love to share the good news. I love to encourage. I love to exhort. So I think those things are always be a part of who I am. So, yeah, definitely. Um if the Holy Spirit says go, I'm definitely open to going and traveling and sharing and um, always feel very honored when anybody does ask because I realize that we live in a world where there are a plethora of singers and songwriters. So I, um, my posture with everything, um, especially when it comes to ministerial type um, things, is I get to do this. Mm. I get to lead worship. I get to stand before the people of God. I get to sing these songs. Um, and it keeps me in a humble place because he doesn't have to choose me. He does. He didn't have to give me the gift. He doesn't have to sustain the gift at any given moment. He could take the gift from me. And so the fact that people want to hear, people want to experience, people want to be exposed to, people want to listen is very humbling and very honoring. So that, that's kind of like my own mantra that I say to myself. I get to worship. I get to lead people um, into worship and, and escort them into a place. So, yeah, I, I probably went way deeper than what you were asking, but I'm totally oh, available okay. for <laughs> for going to churches and things of that nature. Yeah, that's good because, uh, you know, even as you said, there's a difference between um... – um, just having the talent and being anointed, right? And I've listened to you, right, your right. music, and, your, and the anointing is what makes the difference. Um, it makes it, yes, sir. Big difference, and um, so it's really nice talking to you. And um, so, if you, what exactly is your um, contact info? If you don't mind um, letting the audience sure. know, in case they wanted to, um, where can where can they listen to your music, and um, how can they contact? Absolutely. You? Right. So um, you can definitely listen to our music on all media um, outlets. So Amazon, uh, Spotify, Apple Music Play, um, I think it's on YouTube, anywhere digital outlets are available, you can download the music and listen to it or purchase um, contact information for me. Uh, we're currently in the process of uploading the website um, just for the project, but my Facebook um, is Latricia Peak. It's my name spelled out. So you're definitely more than welcome to send me an instant message. And obviously, I check that page um, and I will have access to you and you can share your information and we can make contact and kind of go from there. Uh, that sounds good. So, Latricia, it's a pleasure talking to you, and um, I just want to encourage you to um, keep on, you know, working the works because I know that God has something mighty in store for you guys. I've listened to your music, as I've said before, and um, uh, you guys are anointed, and um, I can see that God is going to use you guys mightily. And um, so, just keep humble. And, um, Thank you. And I know that definitely He's going to do something great for your ministry. So once Thank again, you so much. No problem at all. Uh, 
Um, I do, I would like to say, I'm sorry, um, I just assumed that everyone knew how to spell my name. So for those who are listening, um, who are about to get messed up trying to figure it out, it's L-A-T-R-E-S-I-A, and my last name is P-E-A-K, um, and that is um, a direct link to my Facebook page, Latricia Peak. Latricia, Latricia. Um, do you buy, Do you know the meaning of Latricia? Does it have a meaning? Yes. I actually, funny thing, I actually did some research because I was uh, thinking about doing a business venture of creating a designer t-shirt line. And um, when I did research it, I think it has Spanish origin, but it talks about the name meaning um, one of royalty. Mm. Okay. So there's a... Um, um, there's another word I can't think of it, but it's basically like a royal person, a royal being. So I was very surprised to know that because I had never known. <laughs> well, no, well, we are a royal priesthood, so I guess it just fits right in, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So thanks again, Latricia, and um, as I said before, just keep on doing what you're doing, and another God. Yes, sir. He's going to bless you guys. Remember, your reward is not here on this earth, right? But Amen. We're, we're looking Absolutely. forward for a greater reward. So thanks yes. again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Thank you for the listeners. Thank you for those who will seek out and reach out. Um, I, I do appreciate it. And I just, I'm so honored that um, I get to speak to you and get to have this time of conversation so thank you so much for inviting me on. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, God bless. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, here we are again at the end of another episode. And I would just like to thank again a very special guest, Latricia Peak, for joining us today. I would also like to just encourage all the listeners to reach out and to support her ministry. You can stream her music on your favorite music app, which might be Apple Play, Spotify, Google Play, or Amazon. You'll also be able to find her album information in the podcast notes. So until the next episode, my friends, this is your host, Milton Francis, saying goodbye. And remember, Keep on working the works. God bless.